0: hello and welcome to the raptor show on the sports radio network presented by Coors light go from full time to game time Coors light made to chill make sure you find the raptor show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show i'm your host wayne Lou. big big day on the show As we have already announced on Twitter, uh, Commissioner Adam Silver will be joining us at uh, 3.30 Eastern. So stay tuned to the first hour and a half when we talk about (laughs) Raptors-Bucks and what a nasty game that was. But uh, joining me in the first hour here uh, are my co-hosts, Alex Wong, Blake Murphy. Uh, Yeah, three of us down at uh, the game yesterday. Kind of a nasty game. Raptors uh, just had no answers for Damian Lillard. Had no answers for Malik Beasley. Who did a little,
1: you know? Did he shimmy?
0: He shimmied, but he like shimmied with yeah. like his pelvis. Okay, he like yeah, does, you know, he does yeah. have that
1: little pelvis thrust. Uh, Thanasis, Thanasis checked it in, in the first quarter.
0: Made a beautiful
1: layup. So... That's so
2: disrespectful. I mean, did, like, they, did they have the better 43 last night? I guess maybe not. The Raptors won Thanasis' 15 minutes by 13. <laughs> no way. Like in a game no they, they got absolutely stomped. They won the Thanasis minutes significantly. <laughs> You're
1: saying Thanasis did not make the case for being not the worst rotation player in the NBA.
2: I mean, he made a couple of plays uh, for both teams. Mm. Yeah. Um, like you guys, like you guys mentioned,
1: Adam Silver joining us at 3.30. Um, before that, we're going to go through this game. We got Louis Zatzman joining us. That's right at two thirty. So also oh,
0: excited for Lewis. Not uh, I'm not, it, not to shade him, sorry. If,
1: if you know if you don't love us at Lewis Asman, you don't deserve us at Adam Silver. Yeah, facts. So um anyways, uh yeah, Raptors got blown out. Another slow start yesterday. Um you've got some stats here, uh will uh Blake about just This becoming a trend like this becoming a concern for this Raptors team.
2: Yeah, so this is five of the last six games. Now the Raptors have gotten down by 20 points or more. Um, Obviously, they have pulled some of those out, including two giant comebacks against the Spurs and the Wizards. But I think we can safely say the way they start games is now an issue. Over these last six games, they've lost the first quarter by a total of 41 points. Mm. They've lost the first half by a total of 74, and they've been down significantly. They've been down by nine or more at halftime in five of the last six games. So this is a pretty consistent thing. We can look at their quarter by quarter uh, net rating or plus minus, however you want to frame it. They're, They're fine. Overall, they're 20th in the league, one game under 500. They're, they're not that far off of being league average, but they are 21st in the first quarter, 25th in the second quarter, 23rd in the third quarter. They're just Digging themselves holes and mm-hmm. making it up in fourth quarters. And like we can, once we have more sample, you know, something that happened last year was the Raptors net rating always kind of overstated what they were actually doing because they had this monster net rating in garbage time. Right. So right. in low leverage situations, down 20 points with five minutes mm-hmm. to go, they were very, very capable of getting the score back to like eight points. Mm-hmm. And that helps your overall numbers, but it does not mean your are a good team or, or a better team than the team that got down by 20. So um, obviously still important to come back, helps you win games like San Antonio and Washington. But I think we can pretty safely and clearly say this team has a, an issue starting games and really finding their groove until the fourth quarter.
0: I think what's concerning to me is it's a variety of problems. Um, certain games, their offense is the issue, and, and they're not able to generate uh, good looks or they're not converting these good looks. Um, and that's what's leading them to, to these slow starts. I thought last night's game was just the Raptors didn't come out prepared to play defense. I mean, the mm. Raptors got out 8-2, to two, and Adrian Griffin called the first time out. And it was looking all right. Like, eight, okay, mm. you know, whatever. And then the Bucks immediately went on an 11-0 run. And the Raptors just had no game plan, it seemed like, for Damian Lillard, who should have been the number one point in the game. I'm sure he was the number one point in the game plan. and And, you know, the Raptors... Wanted to trap, wanted to double him at the, the top of the floor. And the amount of times Dame was able to split that trap, drive around that trap, or the trap didn't right, come in the right angle, uh, weren't sort of, you know, together enough. It was just like he just got downhill over and over and over again. That's how he got to his 30-plus points, 16 free throws, 13 assists. Like, he was just, you know, breaking down the Raptors' defense left, right, and center. And, and this is the thing that's, to me, the most concerning is, you know, that should be their calling card. And, you know, with all due respect to the Bucs and the players that they have there, that was like playing the Portland Trailblazers last night. And the Raptors have done a really good job in previous years of guarding against Dame. So, uh, real concerning. Blake, uh, what, what, what did you see from the breakdowns? Yeah, I mean, look, you
2: just laid it out. I thought Jakob Purtle had a lot of trouble with the variety and different levels that they set those Dame screens on. Clearly when Dame got a little bit of the edge, Jakob is not going to be able to stay with them stride for stride and kind of keep them to the outside of the paint. Um, That's why you didn't see Jakob start the second half. They went with Precious Achua, who is not as good a player overall as Jakob but gives you a little bit more switchability, a little bit more recoverability as well. And it didn't go that much better. Dame just kind of turned into more of a a spray guy instead. And, you know, it's... uh, It would have been one thing if Dame was getting logo pull-ups over high screens and killed you that way. He wasn't. I think he hit one of those. Mm -hmm. But for the other parts, it was stuff that we've seen from Dame and the Bucks, that V screen where the the two guys who are screening kind of come together and then Dame has to pick a side and then you've got to kind of swirl around the the two defenders to get back on him. Like that stuff is complicated and it's difficult. But when he's surrounded by like Andre Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. As a spot up guy or Marjon Beauchamp off the bench, like these are things that if you are actually a top five defense, those are challenges you should be able to handle or at least get better at over the course of the game yeah, and start right. to figure things out. So um, this was statistically like by far the Raptors worst half court defensive performance of the season. It's not, Particularly close, and that includes the Philly games where you know mm-hmm. the score was right. high and Philly beat them down. The Raptors at least showed some defensive resistance in those, and they those were good offensive games instead of terrific offensive games. Um, I don't know, man, and, and no Giannis in this. Like, I get that it changes what Milwaukee's doing offensively, yeah. and it makes it a more Dame-centric offense. And m- maybe that's just easier to execute for Milwaukee right now because it's a little simpler. And, and where Giannis fits in it isn't a question, but. Giannis is one of the three best players in the world. If you drop him back in there, uh, he is going to, you know, add another 20, 30, 40 points in some way. And guess what? You can use him as that screener for Dame and make things even more complicated. So this was uh, this was pretty disappointing, even if we acknowledge, yeah, their best individual defender and in OG Ananobi was out. I don't know how much, you know, he would have yeah. done a, a better job, you know, lock and trail on Dame over those screens if the big wasn't able to capably stay with Dame to, to buy him that extra second.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, talking about the slow starts too, um, and this might get to the next topic of, you know, Darko deciding to start the second half with Precious instead of Jakob. And, and you know, Jakob talked about after the game too, kind of owning up to the fact that he was slow to react what, uh, to what Dame was trying to do out there. Um, but, like, I know it's only like, what, 11 games in, And, you know, they were missing, you know, a couple guys yesterday and stuff. But, you know, at what point, and this might not be, like, Jakob specific, but at what point, you know, when you think about the slow start and all all that stuff, like, are you guys thinking about, like, potentially making a change to the starting lineup? Or, like, what can be done to actually shake that up?
0: I mean, I don't think you change the starting lineup with Jakob. I actually think Mm. that you just need him to play through and play better. Because the alternative is starting pressures, and I just don't think that that's... They're comparable right now. Mm. Um, I thought Jakob responded well in the fourth quarter to that benching and and played really well with uh, with Scotty. That was the only highlight of last night's game was Scotty taking over, and he was great Mm. kind of throughout the game, Um, but especially I thought in the fourth quarter where he was able to, you know, break down the defense, touch the paint, kind of like Dame, but in a different way, obviously, because he's not as quick, but he's much stronger, much bigger, and consistently put pressure on the basket, score over Brook Lopez, you know, find Jakob Rertl in those pick and rolls. but. For the starting group i think you know the, the questions there is how do you get um you know more out of dennis i think dennis has really you know fallen back to a much lower level that we saw at the start mm-hmm. from the start of the season right he started the season really really well and you you look at the last couple of games i mean obviously he was dealing with the injury yesterday i spoke with him before the game and i just asked him like are well, you are blue you playing?
1: bomb yeah.
0: <laughs> that's the only bomb was are you playing?" <laughs> Uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to give it a go. So I was like, you know, he, he obviously was questionable, but he went through mm. the warm-ups, but I didn't think he was at his best. Is
1: he podcasting too much, you think? Yeah, that's,
0: that's yeah, exactly okay. what's just happening. was just checking. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, is there a way to find more shooting with that group, right? We talked about it even, you know, um, before the season, and We, you know, before we sort of figured out what Darko really wanted to do with the group, but mm. the idea was maybe you let Scotty run point for the starting group, and you have Gary in there as another shooter to sort of open it up. Obviously, Gary wasn't available yesterday. Mm. But in the the case of Jakob, Jakob just needs to play better. He needs to find his spots better. He even said yesterday after the game, he he knows he needs to be better than Mm. this. Because we're talking about guys, he's like missing layups. He's, you know, um, not finishing with force around the basket. And then defensively, he's a really, really good defensive center. And um, I know it's not easy guarding Dame, but there were a lot of mistakes, mental mistakes, in how they were covering him.
2: Yeah, he also has a sky-high turnover rate, which is, uh, you know, sometimes uh – a sign of being snake bitten a little bit. He's always had a pretty high turnover rate for like a lower usage center, but a lot of stuff just like going through his hands or, or like you said, the, the yeah. not finishing a layup and stuff like that. So his turnover rates up near like 16%, which is uh, a lot for uh, a guy not handling the ball uh, a ton and catching it around the rim, albeit in traffic. Um, so, yeah, I think, look, when it comes to the starting lineup change and we can ask Lewis about this because I know mm-hmm. Lewis uh, was, came away, you know, really, really encouraged by Scotty's piece, uh, Scotty's. Game last night, and uh, folk had a piece of Raptors Republic kind of breaking down some of Scotty's pick and roll usage the last little while that's gotten up to where per synergy, he's now in the 71st percentile in terms right. of points per possession when he's uh, scoring out of the pick and roll or passing out of the pick and roll. That's a, a pretty big step forward. Um, and that would be the thing that would maybe leave you comfortable in getting another shooter mm-hmm. in the lineup. But right. like you said, I think given what the rotation looks like, given what positions you have on the bench? It would maybe be a Dennis move for a Gary or or a Grady or whoever it is for a little bit more shooting rather it should not than be Grady, to
0: be clear. Rather, I'm sorry.
2: Man. I, I mean, yeah, it would have it would have been Gary yesterday. Yeah, it would have been Gary each of the last two games right, if right. he were available instead of uh, instead of Otto Porter Jr. and Grady. Like Grady does some nice stuff off the ball to get himself open, but when he catches, he's just like he's a little overmatched executing what he's doing to get open right now. Like, he can get open, and then everything kind of stops. And and that's tough. And he can find easier spots in the second unit. So I I think the the argument would be, you know, do you put a Gary in over Dennis, and and Dennis kind of runs a second unit, him and Gary. Like, that's a more natural... I don't know, Gary's the first sub out and then plays with the bench, and that's a more natural pairing there. Mm-hmm. What does that do to Malachi? They've started playing Malachi and Dennis together more, uh, so we have a little bit of a look at what that is. Um, realistically, none of these changes are going to be a perfect fit that fixes everything, so they have to figure out a way to, uh, and Darko was leaning on like the soft skills of things to the further starts the game. It starts two games after the game. He said, trust me, we're thinking about it a lot and trying to figure that out. The guys starting the game, they've got to bring it more. I just thought we didn't have pop mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So that's not something that, you know, I don't think the issue is Dennis Schroeder doesn't have pop, right? Like he's he's out there, he's fast. Mm-hmm. He's one of their most like fierce competitive guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't think that the lack of pop is a competitive thing, but it's it's pretty consistent here so um, I don't know I think they'll probably that's probably something they're gonna have to revisit as they they get back to healthier it's probably something they don't need to talk about tomorrow if Gary's back and OG's not because you just slot Gary into the OG spot and then you figure it out on Sunday against the Pistons
1: it's just so funny um, like we we're talking yesterday about just how poor this team is and like the half-court offense and stuff and like they just got they just got to make their grind even harder by getting off to these slow starts like this is the worst team to be getting off to slow starts yeah. like like they got to grind back 1 point, 2 points at a time exactly it's, it's, it's hard making comebacks <laughs> with ones and twos once again that wizards comeback might be an all-time nba comeback when we look back on it. i
0: think yeah if you adjust it for 3 point uh, deflation <laughs> yeah. I, I actually think the 23 point comeback was bigger than the 30 point comeback <laughs>
1: Yeah. but oh, yeah it's man. tough it's uh, tough n- anything Josh. else stand uh, out you know i flag too like i i know um i know uh, jay Jaden 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 McDaniels um had a had a stint yesterday too like man it's been i don't know what the expectations of him was coming into the season but it's been it's been
0: tough yeah i th- i think he doesn't look very settled yeah um, uh, it is Jalen McDaniels
1: yeah 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 of what course what, man how how could you of course
0: yeah. um no i just don't think he's really finding the right spots. I mean, look, I I think for me, there's a couple times where last night's game he was trying to turn the corner and get downhill. Mm -hmm. But I don't think he necessarily had the handle for that. I don't think the spacing on the Raptors was at all conducive to that. Um, And I don't think that the strength of him is to to be off the dribble um, and, and try to get downhill. But then again, when he also couldn't knock down wide open, catch a two threes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or even a couple of driving layups where he did get to the basket, then, you know, what can you really, really do, right? But obviously, he looks uncomfortable. He hasn't really settled in here, hasn't really found a spot. Darko did try to give him, the, you know, the first uh, crack at the rotation. You remember opening night, Chris Boucher didn't play. Um, but yeah, ultimately, you know, they're kind of playing him like a small forward. I feel like his skill set is probably more power forty in the sense that you shouldn't have the ball as much. Um, but yeah, I don't know. He hasn't really delivered a pop off the bench. I, I feel like for me, at, at certain times yesterday, I was like, you know, could Thad help this game? Could could Garrett help this game? And and like honestly, when you reach that point, you're like, okay, what are you really doing? Right? Like that's that's a sign of a bigger problem.
2: <laughs> yeah, and look, the shooting maybe it comes around a little bit. He's not going to shoot two for fifteen. For the whole season, He's, he was at 35% over the course of the last two seasons, mm-hmm. so not great. Not Certainly not someone who's spacing the floor, but someone who can at least knock them down. But yeah, I think there are too many bodies right now for McDaniels to feel safe with a rotation spot. And I said this last game. I was actually, uh, after the last game, I was a little surprised to see him back in the rotation tonight. Mm. Um, and maybe that's something okay. that changes once OG and, and Gary are back, just because of, of who fits where. Um, but, you know, I thought his 18 minutes... You know, maybe you give a couple of those to Otto. Maybe, yeah, you try you try someone else and, and see what's there. Now, at the same time, they won Jalen's minutes significantly. I don't think that was anything that Jalen was doing, really. I think that's just kind of mm-hmm. the randomness of the way the lineups and, and rotations work. That's and, and noise. The benefit of... Yeah, the benefit of that garbage time where they cut it from 33 to 14 or whatever the, the run was early in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to have some odd plus minuses when you're in the fake comeback zone. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just... I like the player. He just hasn't played well yet, and there are too many guys waiting for opportunity. So I, I would imagine when they get healthy, he's the the next guy to kind of be out and waiting for an opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, listen, it's the buy no exception, right? Like you know, it, it, last the time Bay. the Raptors used it, last time we used it, we shopped at the Bay. We 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 got Stanley <laughs> Johnson, and it's like not too dissimilar. Yeah. of when Stanley was there, I think the Stanley provided more defensively than what Jalen has done. But you know, Jalen can be a good defender. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just get the sense that he's not fully settled, you know, um, but again, like when you're looking off that bench, I thought the bench yesterday, I mean, Darko certainly tried a couple guys, you know, like he put Otto out there, but Otto wasn't doing much of much. So it was like, okay, you know, some nights Otto's going to have it, some nights he's not going to have it, you know? And like when he he worked on Monday, man, Um, it was, it was great. But I mean, some, you know, yesterday I thought he just provided very little. He,
2: He almost had an 11 trillion. The eleven minutes and all zeros across the board, but he snuck in one
0: defensive rebound. Oh, right the board, nice. Yeah. I like he messed that. Messed it up. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, like I think Chris and Precious are also at a point where them on the floor, whether that's them trying to play this offensive system or just maybe them kind of being in and out of the group. Precious's case being injury, Chris's case being, you know, out of favor with Darko in terms of the rotations. Like they don't really look that comfortable either. So like you just don't get a great sense of like. Who's coming in with the purpose of making this one expressed role happen for them, you know? Yeah.
1: They they just need more offensive players, man. Like, I know this yeah. is, like, a bigger discussion, but it's, like, we can talk about what Jalen McDaniels is going to bring. Like, we know to an extent what Chris is going to bring. Like, Precious at his best can, can bring a lot of different facets. Like, even Jakob, too, you talk about in the starting lineup. But, like, where is any of this offense coming from? Yeah. Right? Like, where is this extra offense? And it's, like... They're just, they just don't have enough players to the point where once you miss OG for a week and even Gary to a week, even though he's been struggling to start the season, like you're going to see games like this. Like they're simply just going to lose because their offense is not good enough. And I mean, I know defense was part of the problem last night, but it's just like, I don't know, man. We just, can we please bring in more guys? <laughs>
0: just like more guys who can score. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing that, like yesterday, for example, Pascal, like just wasn't very involved in the offense. Sure. Yeah. um when he is in the lane now it looks like he's like constantly thinking about okay where's the help coming from and then where am i going to make the next pass to yeah like, or, or where am i even going to get a shot you know yeah and um you know i think they're trying to play him similar to, in a way to scotty you and know, where they want him to run some pick and rolls for like that but he's just not as good as that as scotty like scotty has the strength where he comes off the high screen he has he has the ability to keep his dribble alive first off, mm. and then hold off a secondary player and then maybe make some of those in-between shots that you saw from Scotty yesterday in the yeah. fourth quarter. Or
2: in-between passes that he's gotten good at. He's gotten real yes. good at fi- finding Jacoperto on the delay roll.
0: Yeah, you, you saw that in the fourth quarter. It was actually really impressive because they had Brook Lopez out there, and, and that's what largely stymied uh, Pascal... But I think it was actually not really that effective against Scotty. I think that speaks to the differences in their skill sets there.
2: Also there was one where Scotty just like went
0: through Brook Lopez's verticality. Just right, like
2: right. like chest to chest. It was just like nope. You've got seven blocks, but you're not getting one on me.
0: Yeah, and it reminded me of last year when the Raptors played the Bucks. And it was another blowout. Whatever, mm. um, the offense sucked in that one as well. Turns out the same team has the we, same problem. We've problems. seen this before. Uh, but right, right
2: down to Giannis sitting out most of the games in Toronto.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we've but, also seen that
2: before. We have seen him miss a lot. He's of missed games five of the last nine games. Against I, the think, Raptors. I think. Really? I think. I wow. think we've
1: watched the most Thanasses of like anybody, like in any NBA city. Wow, we're right. getting a lot of Thanasses. We got
0: 15 minutes. Of, we got rotation minute Thanasses. <laughs> Yo, when he checked into the first quarter, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. That should have been a technical foul on Adrian Griffin. <laughs> yeah, honestly, he was that was that was nasty. But seriously, I, I just didn't think that Pascal left that kind of impression on the game. And yeah. he's also had some turnovers that were a little strange. Like even the mm-hmm. first game, first play of yesterday's game, mm-hmm. he got called for a, a travel. In the backcourt. In the backcourt just oh, off a rebound, right. bringing the ball up for the first possession in the game. So there's a little bit of sloppiness there, too, that I'm really kind of unsure about. So yeah. I don't know. He's also been wildly up and down, which I feel like is partially because of sort of how defense is playing him, but also just feels like he's up and down right now. Yeah. And he's supposed to be that constant and, for you offensively alongside of Scotty. Yeah. Now, Scotty's also been up and down, but Scotty for the most part, has been like, I would say 80% up, yeah. whereas Pascal's kind of been like 50% up.
1: And I think that contributes, obviously, to those slow starts. Yeah. Um, and,
0: and yeah, the, you know, the thing with
2: Pascal, too, at least, you know, in a small-ish sample with his ups and downs, is like a rim protector who takes up a lot of space mm-hmm. and prevents the paint... has been an area he hasn't done that well in. Like, Washington had, okay, Gafford back there. He can block shots, but he's not like a plus-plus defender. He's just a mistake eraser. Um, Also, also they didn't play him during the comeback. Yeah, Dallas was a game where Derek Lively was out, so Maxi Kleba was was center for a bunch. And Dwight Powell is not, you know, he's not bigger than Pascal, so he's strong, like, more physically Stronger than than Pascal, but he's not taller. He's not bigger overall. Um, And then you go back and and Pascal's third best game was the other Milwaukee game where Burke Lopez got benched for most of the game. Mm -hmm. And Milwaukee was using these kind of five out lineups. So I do think there's a trend of like, if anything, Pascal can find the size mismatches right now or or Mm -hmm. teams that don't wall off the paint as well and thrive in those. But when it's more of a... You know, not more of a half court game even, but when it's more of a like you got to create the advantage rather than hunt a mismatch, he seemed yeah. to be less effective with those.
0: Well, he's not taking the mid range shots at all. I feel like, you know, outside of that second box jumper that he had. Oh Washington god, Texas, oh you know, you brother,
1: oh brother.
0: Outside of that mid range, outside that mid hit, but like I feel like he's not second going to box a box yeah, jumper. Like, come on, take it off with David. Uh, shout out to David Thorpe. But, like, you know, he's not really going to that shot as much. I don't know if that's necessarily well, a coaching change. He, yeah, this is the
2: fewest he's used the mid—this is
0: the less, least—
2: geez. He's used the mid-range <laughs> since the run at back season, 2019 So Yeah, right. Uh, he's, and at he's, least in
0: that season, he was hitting threes. Now yeah, he's also so, really <laughs> in the funk with hitting threes. It just feels like his overall jumper, like, across the board, free throws, threes, mid-range, like, they're just all off at the same time. It, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's awful. It really is. We could not afford for this to happen because it can't just be that he only scores at the basket when the conditions are favorable
1: for him. Yeah, when 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 MJ pushed off on Brian Russell in the finals, was that a second box jumper? That was a mid-range jumper.
0: The second box is the it's second like, box of the paint.
1: Oh, okay. I'm going to find yeah. uh, let, let's find the most iconic second box jumper of all time. Okay. We yeah. got to look for that. Yeah. It'll uh, probably
2: be a Dirk one somewhere, right? In that finals
1: run? Yeah. Like so, an off foot of fadeaway type in the second box. Okay, yeah.
0: so I listen to True Hoop Pod, so I know exactly what this is, but they explain yeah. it uh, in in the sense that First box is the restricted area. Okay. Inside the paint. Outside Guys, Adam
1: Silver is coming soon. Hang tight. That's the second. Hang tight. That's
0: the second box. Hang tight. We'll get through paint. this. We'll the get through this. A long paint yeah. jumper. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. Think, uh, think Anton Jameson. Yeah. You know? I uh, tend to call that floater range. Like floater, you've got that yeah, yeah.
2: outside the restricted area to maybe yeah. like 12 or 13 feet.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Adam Silver,
1: 330. Um, <laughs> stay tuned. Three, Keep it locked. Three highlights before we take the break. Go ahead. So, uh, number one, uh, the Game Ops highlight of the night. Uh, Raptors were down 115 to 98 in the fourth quarter, uh, and Grady Dick hit a three to usher confessions or two. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thoughts? Um, again, I'm a huge usher fan, but, uh, yeah. you know, whooping their confessions is, is kind a of lot wild. of usher. A lot of usher.
1: In the Although I feel like they put away real
0: slim shady and you remind me yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They, they hit next on the iPod shuffles. Were are you telling me?
1: Yeah. Uh, next was a uh, Marquise Noel in garbage time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: that's nice. yeah, I like it. I like, it. like time. I said, with, uh, with pods, with Golden State the other, I like guys who go in and it's like, look, the score doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to get mine. I got to get, I got to get comfortable. I got to make sure I, uh, my, my NBA.com page doesn't say 0.0 points per game. I, was really, I respect it.
0: I was really happy for him. I was actually really excited when he checked into the game. Yeah. There are certain moments where I have to like really adjust like my perspective on it because it's like, he's driving at five foot seven and uh, Robin Lopez is in the lane at mm. seven foot plus. And I'm like, oh my God, like, this is, like, how is this supposed to work? But at the same time, you saw some of the competitiveness and the skill. Got mm-hmm. his hands to a couple of deflections, got a steal, threw up behind the back pass. So appreciate the Marquise, man. He, that, that alone got him the third star on, on last night's podcast. <laughs> I saw by the way. that.
1: I saw that. I was like, oh, don't need to listen to this one. Uh, um, and, and lastly, there was actually a viral clip that was going around because uh, uh, Grady Dick started yesterday. And, you know, we know, friend of the program, Strizzy, does these really cool intros, and people thought he said Big D Energy when uh, Grady was introduced. And it was so loud in there, it's kind of hard to tell um, it, it did turn out he said big, big energy.
0: Yes. So yes. we
1: just wanted to confirm that you got that directly that. from the source. I yeah, Wong Bomb. I I talked to Shrizzy about it, and, and he wants
0: to put it on the record.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, he was gonna come on the show and clear it next week, but I'll clear it from right now. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, but I think people should just know. Anyways. Well, it it did go viral. I mean, obviously that's it went it was viral, then it. the tweet was deleted. Yeah. Wow. Well, so
0: it's hard. It's so, hard. To, somebody it's,
2: intervened.
0: It, it's hard to hear it sometimes on the PA. Yeah. You know. Also,
2: like you're primed,
0: right? Like you expect. You're you not know, expecting big, big. You know yeah. that what term. Is big, big you know energy. the
2: other term. That's when Bayama and, and Zach Collins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know the other term. Your brain is just like it's a psychological. Yeah, and it's so virus. loud in there because yeah. it's got the music going. Yeah, there's like pyrotechnics.
1: And like I think we all thought that was what Jersey said. Yeah. So. Well,
2: right? also yeah. he's trying to make you like he's trying to make that illusion. Otherwise, he wouldn't say big, big. Yeah, he right. come up with some other introduction for yeah. Because apparently when but he was trying to pump fake, not shoot the ball. Yeah, yeah. when exactly. Grady scores, they
1: play this drop that I don't know where it's from, hmm. but it says big big energy,
0: hmm. like
1: it's from a song. Hmm. So, anyways, right. we we might have Jersey join us uh, next week on.
0: That. I mean, it's his name, man. Let's just get over it. Like you know, like what are we like five year olds? Like no, what, what it's, like, like, no well, it's fine.
1: Oh, from the guy who said, "What was the nickname for Kyle Kuzma <laughs> and Jordan Poole again, my brother?" <laughs> the Poozma. Yeah, there the, we the go, Pusma. guys. Guys, Adam Silver. <laughs> guys, please but first, listening. we got a good platter for you. We're got got we got, we're serving up Lewis Zatzman next. Okay. And then we have some early season NBA awards I want you guys to hand out. Some amuse-bouche. And that then forward to. Adam Silver.
0: That's right. That's right. It's a chaotic show today, but, uh, you know, we're going to take a break. Up in your house, Will, you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sports Night Radio Network.
3: Your daily dose of everything NFL. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. Continue to be joined by co-host Blake Murphy. And we are going to make this a Raptors Republic three-on-three because three, uh, we have Louis Satsman joining us. Lewis, man how you doing
3: I'm wonderful howdy fellas I uh I'm happy to be here
0: in know with a howdy fellas and a 905 hat this is good and and the the yeti snowball microphone you know this is this is That's real right. blog boy hours right now I like it I'm very cozy
3: we all have to remember our roots
0: yeah you know what after we interview Adam silver in, in about an hour we do need to be humbled so uh that's right.
2: Like, <laughs> Yeah. We'll have to get pre humbled here. I, I guess a little bit. What better way to humble a uh, Raptor show than to talk about the buck side of last night's game, Lewis, you are <laughs> at Raptors Republic. We do want to talk to you about a bunch of Raptors stuff, but you also write for bucks.com. So you've know, you know, this team uh, pretty intimately what you saw last night with that Damian Lillard centric offense without Giannis and Tetacumpo in the lineup. Um, man, what do you make of that? Why why haven't they quite been able to find that year when Dame and Giannis are together yet?
3: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it has to do with personality in that the Bucs have players who are almost too willing to let their teammates try to find their legs. You know, it's a similar thing to when the Cavaliers first got Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and LeBron had to be like, don't fit out, fit in um, to Kevin Love. I think the Bucs are experiencing a similar thing with with Dame and Giannis both trying to get the other going, whereas what they need right now is is both players to be assertive and get themselves going, which is how the pairing will work best. When Dame is going, that'll open things up for Giannis and and vice versa. And they haven't really been able to... um, Assert themselves with both on the court, uh, which I think is shown in a lot of the numbers as well as the film. You know, Chris Middleton has been insanely successful um, because he loves to sort of run things, take pull-up jumpers. He's not really thinking about, about context. He's just hooping out there. That's always been his game. And we saw that. When, you know, Lillard was out, Giannis went back to his incredible dominant ways. When Giannis is out, Dame just put up a 37.14 assist game. They're both still as talented as they've ever been. And I think the top end is there. They're just not finding ways to make life easier for each other yet.
2: So I don't think anything in that game is things they couldn't do with Giannis on the floor as well. Maybe the spacing is a little different, but Giannis is a good screener, obviously a huge roll threat or even a a pop threat, not for the three point, but because he can just go right into another action. Um, So, you know, maybe the Raptors didn't anticipate Giannis missing that game and their defensive scheming was a little different, but you had 48 minutes to figure it out. You have a lot of experience playing against Damian Lillard, who kind of, Plays in a unique style that that you should uh, have locked in, um, you know, once you see it. What did you make of the Raptors' inability to guard against those Dame pick and rolls? And even, you know, until the fourth when Dame was only on the floor for like 30 seconds, um, really couldn't find that defensive gear
3: at all. Yeah, I think uh, we're seeing Jakob Pertl be stretched a little beyond what he's at his best doing. And so Toronto had him pretty high last night against Damian lillard who is one of the best pick and roll operators in nba history and if he gets a step on anyone no one's catching up to him he's so good at you know keeping that burst to the rim finishing on the move just decelerating his arm but keeping his body moving so that just no one has a chance to catch up and at the same time he's gonna get that step on you because he's such a ridiculous pull-up shooter and so the only way that people have been able to stop Lillard, you know, historically, is that sort of lock and trail defense. Um, switches, he just eats up. Um, blitzes, he eats up if you just get it out of his hands. Um, teammates just are so successful. A- and if you have a good rear view contester, you can at least funnel him into the mid range and keep that big in the paint, able to contest so he can't get past him. Toronto didn't do that. Mm. Schroeder, for all of his stickiness, just isn't that great rearview contester. Um, and, of course, lifting Pirtle too high didn't keep him between Lillard and the paint. Uh, a lot of that is just because OG Ananobi wasn't playing. Ananobi is is just so defensively dominant among his many, many, many skills. Um, phenomenal rearview contester. And so I think having him available would have given Toronto maybe the ability to keep everyone else in his best role which they couldn't really do with anon
0: that's a really good point because from just watching it over and over again it was just like he just kept eluding whatever the raptors defensively were trying to do and it i think it made the raptors look even more disorganized than they were but i also think execution wise it just even if that's what the idea of the raptors wanted to do which was to to blitz or to to show jakob that high i mean you know, it's still a bad sign that he's driving around you. There were plays yesterday where he drove by, like, all five Raptors defenders and got a layup uncontested. So, um, I don't know. It's it's always hard to sort of say this because you're not in the minds of the players. You're not in the coaching staff or anything like that. But sometimes I watch it, and I'm like, it, it is a bit of a focus and execution issue. You know, like, it's when yeah. they say attention to detail, last night there was not attention to detail defensively. Especially early in the game. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about sort of the macro level X's nose people just weren't rotating, right? Guys were late or going to the wrong spots. Malik Beasley, who is pretty much just an elite shooter had just open shots. Mm-hmm. That's not because OG Ananobi was missing. That's a whole lot of other bad stuff, right? A- absolutely. As you say, there's a lot more going on than just um, missing Ananobi.
0: Yeah. Um. On the on the on the Bucks defensive side of things, um, so Brooke Lopez had seven blocks uh, and was overall very dominant. Some of that was the Raptors made some bad choices. I thought Grady driving into you know Brook Lopez, you're gonna have to learn, rookie. Uh, that's that's not that's not what you do against them. Uh, but very very different than when the Raptors saw uh, Milwaukee the first time around. In that game, Brook Lopez played I think 17 minutes and was actually taken off the floor at times to improve the defense, which I thought was just, like, the most uh, absurd thing to do to somebody who is clearly so good at a very, very specific skill defensively. Um, What do you think that says about sort of what Milwaukee has changed defensively so early on um, in the season?
3: Shortly after that Raptors game, which was – that was a low. To me, that game was more about Milwaukee's struggles than about Toronto's successes. But shortly after that game – uh, coach Griffin, Adrian Griffin, former assistant coach in Toronto, gave one of the most revealing coaches' interviews I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, it was a halftime interview, I believe. And Milwaukee had shifted its defense back to what it was the year before. Um, Brooke Lopez was playing deep, deep in the paint, just like I, you know, sort of suggested Pertle should be doing. And uh, Griffin was asked about it and said, you know what, sometimes the players know better than the coaches. Um, so it seems like. He had asked them to stretch themselves beyond what was comfortable, tried to institute that sort of manic Nick Nursian defensive activity where you're putting yourself in rotation intentionally. Um, and the players didn't want that. They scaled back. They let Lopez um, stay in deep drop. They asked Damian Lillard to contest from behind, which um, he has more comfort doing playing alongside Nurkic for so long uh, in Portland. And it worked. It's been phenomenal for them. Their defense has really turned around. You know, it's been fits and starts, obviously. But I think their defense is back to a much stronger foundation than it was since they've made those changes. I I was really impressed with Griffin's ability to say, you know what, it's been five or six games. Obviously, whatever principles I'm trying to instill aren't fully there yet. It always takes time but the guys want something and i need to listen to them it's hard for new coaches to do that it's very difficult but uh you know a lack of ego and a willingness to listen has really fixed some of milwaukee's struggles not all of course but toronto caught milwaukee the first time in baseball in the second t- game, they were really trying to redeem what had been just a disastrous performance, really contributing to Milwaukee's shift.
2: And yeah, the Raptors uh, did. The Raptors did help them out by just playing a, a raptory offense that was. One of seven games now on the season where the Raptors' half-court offense was uh, 15th percentile or worse around the league this year. Uh, That is seven times in uh, 11 games. That is not great. It's been especially an issue early in games, Lewis. uh, Five times in the last six games, the Raptors have gotten down At least 20, a couple of those they were able to come back in. They do have this monster net rating in the fourth quarter because of their ability to, you know, whether real comeback or fake comeback, uh, not lay down toward the end. Um, Darko Ryakovich was asked about it last night and didn't have an immediate solution for what is ailing uh, the Raptors at the beginning of games. Do you have an inkling uh, or a perspective on why you think the Raptors have, uh, you know, routinely now been down big at halftime?
3: Yeah, Toronto doesn't have uh, a margin of error. They have no shooting. And when they're going to succeed, it comes from tight window passing, you know, tight window drives. It's just hard. And finding that stuff really requires getting your legs underneath you. You know, there's a reason why people say you have to see the ball go in the basket first, right? Get started with a free throw or a layup to sort of make the basket wider and get yourself going. If you zoom that out to a team-wide perspective, Toronto doesn't have the ability to get itself going. It just needs time to see where those lanes are going to come, where those passing windows will exist. And during that time, other teams are just teeing up three-pointers. Modernity has not yet come to Toronto's offense, right? Ten years ago, this Raptors offense would be thriving. They'd be succeeding at exactly what everyone else was succeeding in. The NBA is not what it was 10 years ago, right? X's and O's are different. The skill set, by and large, has massively evolved. Toronto's hasn't. And while it's finding what works in games and adjusting to how defenders will play them, Other teams are just putting points on the board. Toronto needs easier ways to figure things out and a stronger foundation upon which they can rely while they're figuring things out.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is sometimes very simplistic to say this, but, um, you know, when you watch not just opposing teams who play against the Raptors, but, like, entirely different games not involving the Raptors, something like, you know, I've been watching a lot of Sixers, uh, uh, Sixers versus Pacers have been playing each other two great games recently. The free-flowing nature in which they score um the fact that p- the pacers can put four guards on the court at once five if they really want to the honestly. pacers are playing a different sport than the raptors That's at what this I point mean. honestly it looks even like a
2: sport. like last night getting home and watching the end of the kings lakers game where yeah, sure. D- like what De'Aaron fox is able to do and then obviously yeah. they're also doing the things the raptors want to do yeah, yeah, better with a sabonis hub yeah. which is obviously a big leg up in that so yeah it can be stark the the skill around the league
0: i mean like if this is what the idea was was sort of like Maybe we try to mark, like, capitalize on this, like, not even a market inefficiency, but just like we really want to go in on these, like, six nine forwards, so we can then add offense to. Then, like, eventually, you reach this point where it's like, yeah, that's all you have, and 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 it's not particularly difficult to to defend against those guys, even if they do have great secondary skills like passing and cutting. You know, it just makes everything much more difficult, like like Lewis is saying. So, um,
3: I and they tried to bring the offense into you know the modern era. Like, if you look at the, you know, action statistics, Mm -hmm. Toronto looks the same as everyone else, right? They are third in the league in handoffs per hundred possessions. They're trying to run an offense like Indiana, like Sacramento, but the players just aren't there. Like, if Pascal Siakam is setting go screens and running out for threes, Mm -hmm. would you rather have Pascal Siakam or Kevin Herter or Buddy Heald, right? It's just the players aren't adapted to what they're doing and there's a real disconnect between what Masai Jury has built the team to be and what his hired coach has designed the offense to be
0: well maybe that's the idea though right you have Darko implement these ideas in place and then eventually you get players to fit whatever that vision is going to look like but in the meantime you just have this sort of halfway situation
2: yep okay Oh, I mean, that Personally. wasn't a question. It's just yeah. like it is kind of the overarching uh, right. idea of this. Team. Let, let's pivot to something a little more optimistic here. Lewis, um, you tweeted last night that despite the loss, this was one of your favorite games of Scotty Barnes' career. Uh, what did you see in his game last night that, that you liked? And uh, did you get a chance to read Samson's piece on, on Scotty's pick and rolls yet? Because I'd imagine you guys are thinking similarly after that one.
3: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I'm writing a piece right now about his tempo from the game, which mm-hmm. pairs really well. Uh, I think what Barnes has been good at is converting advantages into points. So like an alchemist, if you give him a solid base metal, toss the guy silver, he's going to turn it into gold. But he's never been great at you know pulling silver out of the ground. He's not really been a miner. And last night, what was so phenomenal was his ability to sort of take that precious metal out of the defense and convert it into even more valuable stuff later on in the possession. And so he did that in a number of ways, right? He's still not the fastest guy on the court. He's not just driving past people. Uh, He is still not, you know, this unbelievable dribbler or pull-up shooter in that he's going to get any defender on his hip, no matter who. It helped that Milwaukee was going over screens and so voluntarily put themselves on his hip that really made things easier for him but one thing that really impressed me was his ability to use timing and pace to get where he wanted to go you know back to when i was a fan growing up think brandon roy you know paul pierce these were guys who were big strong guys they weren't the fastest they weren't the best dribblers but they got wherever they wanted to go whenever they wanted and and barnes had a game like that Mm. And so he had in the first quarter, three touches that really um, stood out to me in the first one, he took a high pick and roll, he took a couple dribbles backed up to get his defender sort of wall him off from the paint, then engaged the big and threw a laydown to Jakob Kertl, who, who missed the layup, but still really impressive mm-hmm. uh, next possession, same thing. Uh, took a high pick and roll, got into the paint, everything looks the same, but then looks like he's going to back up and sprays the pass out to the corner. So using his slowness to sort of create this ability for a a fastball to sort of blow it past the hitter, Malachi Flynn turned that into a basket. And then the very next touch after that, same thing, high pick and roll, got into the paint, seemed to slow down as soon as he got the big, and then he sort of jumped sideways around the big defender and got a layup for himself. And so he's always had you know this in- incredible physical gifts he's starting to think the game not just on an individual possession basis where he can beat people but chaining possessions together Where he says okay i did this last time you're mm-hmm. going to respond this way so next time i'm going to beat you this way it-, it was incredible to watch and he really it's like a chess player right he can beat people with his with his brawn He can beat people with his skill, and now he's beating with his brain, and that's what I loved so much about his performance against Milwaukee.
2: Here I thought Alchemist was just producing albums for Freddie Gibbs and Earl Sweatshirt, but he's also uh, orchestrating the pick and roll for Scotty Barnes in practice. Uh, That got a chuckle at Alex Wong. Alex, you want to tag in now since I gave you the the hip-hop pivot here?
1: What up, Lewis? How are you, man? You're looking like Joe Pesci in Home Alone 2, man. You're looking for Macaulay Culkin? What's going on, brother?
3: Uh, I don't know if that's, uh, kind or unkind, but good to hear from you, brother. <laughs> yeah, you
1: know, you know I love you, Lewis. So, got a quick game to play with you. You know, the, the other time when we chatted in the, uh, in the media room post game, you know, we're talking about basketball terminology, and I don't know if you know, we did a whole segment about this, where Blake educated me mm-hmm. on the blobs and slobs. So, like, I want to test you back to see if you know some, uh, hip-hop acronyms, okay? So, I got four I of these for you. Okay, are you are you ready? Okay. First of all, Louis, like how much hip hop do you consume?
3: So, my um my music tastes sort of ossified in 2014. <laughs> uh so I don't listen to a ton of new music, but I I used to listen to a lot of hip hop, you know. Um I love most F and mm. and uh you know, MF Doom and, and, and some of the older guys. So I'm not sure if this will fit into my wheelhouse, but definitely enjoy a lot of hip-hop. Yeah, right.
2: Ossified. I, I think I heard him on howdohiphop.com back in the day. <laughs> is, I, I don't is, I don't really know what he's rapping these days. Is that days. the area
3: that's being gentrified downtown,
1: Washington? Um Okay, first one, easy one for you, okay? Cream. This is from Wu-Tang
3: hmm Cash rules everything around me, of course. Oh, there
1: you go. There you go. Easy. Okay, next one. This one was submitted by Blake Murphy. LL Cool J. What does LL Cool J stand for? Oh. So the LL uh, stands for something, and then cool, and then the J stands for something.
3: Wow. I mean, obviously, I know... Oh, cool J. I actually have no idea what any. You FBI want a lifeline? Didn't even a- know it stood for things. Yeah, let's yeah, get me a lifeline.
2: Actually,
0: I thought that was just a stage name. In- okay,
3: cool. D- like is any any
1: chance you can give a hint uh, of any
2: sorts? Not without giving it away. Yeah. He's he's good with uh. It's it's how it's women Feel about him? He's, yeah. good.
1: he's good with a certain demographic.
2: It's how yeah. it's women Riz feel related. about him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm even just educated. Let me know.
1: You know, okay. I just created the segment because I want to see you flustered because you all smart all the time. Um, <laughs> Ladies love Cool James. That's LL Cool J. That's,
0: that's, um, I'm not gonna lie. That makes me appreciate LL Cool J a little less. <laughs> by the
1: By the way, everybody, Adam Silver at 3:30. Um, <laughs> oh
0: no, man, are you kidding
1: me? All right, next up, next up. I got to give credit to Blake for this as well because I only learned about this recently. Uh-huh. So there's a rapper called MBA Young Boy, and MBA stands for something. Um, Lewis, what does NBA and NBA Young Boys stand for?
3: NBA, N-N, just like the, the National, just
1: like the National Basketball Association. NBA.
3: Okay. If um, you don't know this, you so don't I know So I hope hoop. you're gonna you're gonna put Adam Silver in in the same you know questions, right? He's gonna. This is his segment. <laughs> if, He's answering. Well, those, we, we, got, we got tough
0: questions for Adam Silver. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah it won't be all on this line. Uh
3: <laughs> NBA. Okay. Yeah, I have to guess the National Basketball Association. So you know
1: what? I'm not even gonna make fun of you for that because before Blake told me, I legit thought that was a, just an NBA reference of NBA young boy. Actually, okay. stands for never broke again. Um, the never key,
3: broke again. Never would
1: have guessed that. The key to hip hop acronyms is it's either about women or it's about money um like all three of them so far have checked that box Mm -hmm. last one for you (laughs) this is like high level yeah no way i was getting this one without seeing it it. if you get this man like you yeah i will give you a million dollars um ja rule ja rule stands for something it's an acronym uh it's an acronym yeah put the screen on i'll make sure you're not googling either
3: (laughs) all six all six letters are an acronym. My, my hands are right here. I can't. Yeah. All six letters are an acronym. <laughs> That's has got throwing his hands up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so James. We've established James. is J is for James. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope, um, no, nope, it's not.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay, well, I'm going to need to know then. What What is it? No, I'm just going to tell
1: you. So his name is Jeffrey Atkins, okay? Ja Rule's a real name. <laughs> okay. so, so, sorry.
3: It's so funny. So
1: Jaw Rule stands for Jeffrey Atkins sure. represents unconditional love existence. That's Ja Rule. Yeah.
3: Damn, that was my other guess. I just, I thought James, it's okay.
1: <laughs> wow. Do you know DMX? DMX stands for something.
3: I thought you said four
1: <laughs> questions. What is this? this is a bonus. <laughs> this is like when teams get five <laughs> fouls and they're in the bonus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> DMX. Dark Man
3: okay so yeah rough riders like i know you, i
1: know these you know the lock stands for something the locks is living off experience yeah
0: this is his yeah. version of uh, you know knowing darko knowing <laughs> yeah. the lebron statistics this is mike carmelo knowing raptor carmelo <laughs>
3: regularized this is the same as our, Yeah, yeah. media room conversation but ours was in private this is this is even a hot mic this is on air
1: i'm yeah. making sure man adam silver probably tapped in right now um, <laughs> Mike Bash showing making, sh- making sure Adam Silver knows Louis Zatzman not a hip hop knower.
0: <laughs> this good is know. <laughs> all
1: no right. Louis man. I appreciate you. Appreciate you for always being a good time.
0: This is our best interview today. I'm hey. telling you.
3: I got one, baby. I'm taking that. I'm yep. taking that one to the bank.
0: Here you go. I love that. Lewis Zaltzman, Raptors Republic. Um, read, listen to all his work, man. It's genuinely, like one of the smartest dudes in the game. Period. You know.
2: So, yeah, absolutely. He had, we didn't get into the, the starting lineup iterations, but he had a great piece at Raptors Republic uh, middle of last week on Dennis Schroeder and all the things mm-hmm. that have been going yep. well for Dennis Schroeder. Yep. Um, I probably should have asked him before we got goofy about what's not gone well for Dennis Schroeder the, the last couple of games ah. since he wrote that. Um, but yeah, everyone, everyone at Raptors, everyone at Raptors <laughs> Republic put out bangers. Jamar <laughs> Hines used his Yo, used the, the Jamar, credential man. the it's other day for yes, a sir. good piece. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, there you go. All Adam
1: right. Silver, 3
0: That's right. We're going to take that break. I've been your host, Willu. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on the Sports Radio Network.
1: Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Swim Lou. I'm joined for segment three by my fellow co-hosts, Alex Wong, uh, and Blake Murphy. Big shouts to Big Z, Lewis Atzman, for coming on the program. Noted uh, hip hop not knower. Um, <laughs> I also did not know any he of He knows though. his stuff. He just like you said, he locked it in like a decade ago and yeah. It was a little, he was it was a
1: little snake bit, you know. We we gave him that Jaw rule.
0: Who's yeah. supposed to know that Jaw rule stands can for? Can we just whole, can we just ask that Jaw
1: rule question to like literally every single guest yeah. that comes on this year? I think
0: only Gary Trent Senior is going to get that one. He
2: actually might get that yeah, one. He's
0: going to yeah. Speaking of which, yeah. we should get Gary Trent Senior back on the show. But anyway, time um,
2: now. Time between now. the lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance. Uh, yeah, no Raptors action tonight. Only two games in the NBA actually. The usual Thursday doubleheader and two three point. Games. Uh, the Heat are minus three against the Nets. The Nets will not have Ben Simmons or Cam Thomas. Uh, no Tyler Hero for Miami. And then Thunder are m- three-point favorites at the Warriors mm. because no Steph, no Draymond. Yeah. Draymond suspended five games. Yeah, I don't think we've talked about that yet. Um, the longest suspension under Adam Silver for something on court. Okay, because I was
1: going to say donald sterling
2: no there yeah. are longer life like <laughs> there are like longer drug uh oh, okay okay I- off court, intimate partner violence off court. Um, okay bobby portis got i think eight for breaking nicole Mirotic's face but yeah. that was like a inter-team thing In practice and type, i don't yeah. remember if that was a team suspension or a league yeah. suspension or what but right. yeah this is the longest suspension for an on-court incident under so a
1: little, little surprised the i know we discussed the repeat offender all the stuff with draymond yesterday still a little surprised they came down with the five games
0: I mean listen when you can put together a two-minute highlight reel yeah of just Draymond doing <laughs> physical acts of violence in the game of basketball yeah. like it, it reaches a certain point that's all no that's you know? fair that's fair um yeah honestly like first off the heat are playing really well um they're mm. on i believe a six game win streak mm. and the toughest you know meanest. what the only person who believed in the heat when we did our little in- preseason preview was me. Now, was I horribly wrong about the Memphis Grizzlies? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow,
1: you believed in the team that made the finals <laughs> last year?
0: No, but Let's you, guys give him all, the chain. you guys were all down. You guys were like, oh, they didn't get Dame. Well like, no man, they just find ways to win. No, they
2: didn't get Dame. Like,
0: yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, but that's just, fine. It looked
2: the that prediction looked good for a second. They started one and four.
1: Blake, I want you to you know get my back here. What who have the Heat beat in this in this win streak, man? Uh, Blake, I want to
2: know. They have they beat the Lakers.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's okay. Lakers yeah, they beat okay. them by one.
2: Uh, the Hawks have played pretty well. Yeah, Hawks, so We'll give them the Hawks. Hawks are okay. And then Hornets, Spurs, mid-off, Grizzlies, Wizards. Mid off, mid off. So
1: they've won six. They're mid-offs. playing
0: the Nets tonight. Okay. I think I think I'm gonna pick the Heat. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay, I'll, I'll taking pick... a random victory lap on the Heat uh, <laughs> one uh, month into the season. I'll,
1: I'll, I'm gonna take the Nets, man. Just so you lose. Oh,
0: okay, all right. Yeah, yeah name two it. Nets players, man.
1: Uh, Damn. Ben Simmons and Cam Thomas.
2: The. Uh... The losses for the Heat actually look really good too. They lost road games at Boston, at Minnesota, at Milwaukee.
1: No, we're not doing Heat. I know. Pro- no, I we're know. not doing this. We're and not doing this. they lost the This
2: Nets is so their other you, loss. Blake, you know how this is. We don't. We we were down on the Heat yeah. the whole season, and then we yeah. apologize in May. Yeah. like that has to be yeah. the natural yeah. and, rhythm. And, and the Nets beat the Heat by four last time, and they'll now mm. be missing the four points Ben Simmons gave them. So, a oh uh, big big drop off uh, there. So Will, you're on the the Heat. What about Thunder at Warriors with no Steph, no draymond
0: mm. i mean you're down with the pods yeah shouts to brandon projemski Um uh-huh. yeah just going to reveal that his father was in my DMs nonstop at the time of the draft. <laughs> really? blue um,
1: yes. Lou Baum, once again, hang tight. Adam Silver, uh, 330. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. You, you want to hear about insights about the NBA. Hang but we're tight. We're going to tell you insights hang about tight, everybody. Brandon Pajemski. No, shouts yeah. to his dad. His dad was, um, so the story was that uh, Brandon had worked out with the Raptors.
1: Mm. Oh, you were really telling this. Okay.
0: Uh, and, you know, he was just sort of like, you know, looking for updates in terms of like which way psychopath should go. I mean, look, listen, it's the son in the draft. Obviously, he wants no, to get as much information sure. as possible. Yeah. But I was That's, actually very happy for him when he got drafted with the Warriors. He was really excited as well. Yeah. Um, didn't expect him to play this much so early. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you know, um, you don't have Steph, you don't have Draymond. It's pretty special circumstances. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I just, I don't know. The Warriors got a lot of problems right now. Yeah. Got yeah. a lot of problems right now. And,
2: and obviously we can't translate too directly from one meeting between teams to the next. Mm-hmm. Games are different. Things happen. But with Steph and Draymond and with Noshay, last time these teams met, uh, Golden State squeaked out a two-point victory. Was with Stephen Draymond and with Noche.
0: Yep. Huh. Yeah, Uh. that was the. Steph had the buzzer, and then Draymond fully goaltended the shot. But the NBA was like, it didn't change the trajectory of the ball, so it's still a basket. You know
1: what? Draymond's been involved in every single in-season tournament classic so far.
0: (laughs) You know what? Draymond single-handedly giving up the rating. Yeah, we
2: we didn't need to paint the courts, man. This is an interesting one. Two teams that are in the same in-season pool, but they've already got their in-season game out of the way. Wow. Is the intensity still as high?
1: Wow. Okay, because of that, I'm going to take the Warriors. Okay. All right. I'm gonna take the Warriors.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm gonna take the Thunder. Just for my guy. They have really good advantages against the Warriors, and they gave them hell. Yeah. Even with Stephen Draymond. Like
1: the Warriors. Just for my guy Andy Lou. That was just
0: mistakenly become
1: great.
2: That was Draymond, and that was between the (laughs) lines. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. Take a chance.
1: All right, guys. Three twenty four hard out on this segment. Just gonna tell you guys that uh, you know on air. Adam Silver coming up in 25 like We've never promoted minutes. anything as this, much as no, this, No, but Blake, this, yeah. is like, this is like when Monday Night Raw would have like a big match at the end of the mm-hmm. two hours and like you would just tease it over and over again, yeah.
2: right? and so. un- unlike them, uh, mm-hmm. we don't have the five-minute overrun on cable where if they go long, they always have like a five-minute <laughs> cushion because like I, I some, they, some replay of the Adam, replacements starring if I, if Keanu Reeves was up next.
1: If I tell you how hard it is to fight for extra five minutes here, no, don't you guys would I, never I understand. I, I'm pretty sure
0: our... our, our, our Program Director Dan Toman will step in and, and, and allow for Adam Silver to have one more answer He's if like, needed. I want Silver. By um, the way, what is Adam Silver's WWE comp?
1: Oh man, can we do this after he comes on? <laughs> um, these these feel like topics we have
2: plenty right. of days to do. Fine, fine, yeah. fine. The answer is um, Jack Tunney, but we'll yeah, we'll, we'll, that, we'll do that uh, in more yeah, detail there's later. There's plenty
1: of post-Silver era of this show that we can do. So guys, All right. you know, um, you know, we had a guest who couldn't make it today, so instead, quick pivot around the NBA quickly here. You know, Blake, great segment yesterday with the nice, nice noise, kind of early season trends. Figured I'd piggyback off that and wanted to get you guys to hand out some quick early season awards about 10 games into the season. And we're going to dedicate these awards to um, some of our favorite songs from uh, Raptors Game Ops. Mm. So the first one is the Usher Confessions Award. And I want to know, guys, which preseason prediction would you guys like to confess to be wrong about? I'll start with you, Blake, because I don't think Will has prepped for this.
2: Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> I don't need to. I'm good. Look, part of this was me just, like, going against the grain when I saw all the other answers in our Sportsnet um, preseason thing. But the counter pivot of, like, you know what? The, the 76ers will wait out James Harden, and he'll end up playing for them. Mm. Uh, not a very good prediction, <laughs> Uh, not very good. I thought there was a chance of it. Uh, I also, you know, probably, well, not probably. I did doubt the Miami Heat's ability to be a very good regular season team. We always, we obviously never doubt the Heat come playoff yeah. time. Um, but getting there, I didn't think would be quite this smooth. Haywood Highsmith is awesome.
1: Haywood Highsmith is awesome.
2: Really good defensive. Adam approach, Silver. You, They found
0: Watch another why one. Watch when they get Jamal Kane going. Adam Silver, 330, He pops guys. up on the box
2: score every day. We're talking
1: Haywood Highsmith and pods. Um, That's right. Yeah. Okay, Will, what's your confession? about a
0: preseason prediction. Are you just going to say the Grizzlies for all of these? This by far is the hardest thing I've <laughs> had to do to tell you that the Memphis Grizzlies are actually bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I, I, obviously, Stephen Adams getting injured, like, yeah. literally on the eve of the season is is a huge thing for them. But I think offensively, they just look really disorganized.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and Jacob Gilliard? Yeah, yeah Is yeah. there starting? About- Stephno yeah. posted a graphic of the top three-point percentage, um, yeah. you know, shooters from,
0: from players. And I saw Jacob Gilliard. Yeah, man, the and hottest country singer and also hottest three point shooter. And you in Memphis. told me he starts. No, he doesn't start. Okay. He, he just he's in the rotation sometimes because they have had injuries at point. Yeah, center. also
2: yeah. Who, he started three times. Oh, okay. James, no, God, James right. Herbert. Wow.
0: James, no, because oh, wow. I messaged
1: James Herbert and he told me that. Yeah, they.
0: He's a shorter guy, but you know he, he gets the three guess. Also, who's
1: Pickett on the Nuggets? I was watching him oh, the other night. Jalen Pickett. Um, anyways, uh, I guess mine will be. I said the Sixers are going to be a play in team. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Um, next up. The Jay-Z, it's your boy award. Which player has made the leap and become one of your must-see league pla- league pass players this season, guys?
2: Let's start with you again, Blake. Uh, okay, so, I mean, Halliburton was already on there, but I think mm-hmm. if, if he wasn't on anyone's yet, this is just an alert to put him on there. The Pacers are phenomenally entertaining, and he's one of the coolest most original uh, guard play we've seen in a long time. He was already on mine, though, mm. just wanted to mention. Uh, but I got to I gotta tip the hat to Will, who had Elper and Shangoon on his kind of guys-to-watch list. He's been, huh. this is partly because the Rockets have just been so entertaining, um, but he's working really well with an expanded kind of playmaking out of the high post role. Mm. Um, him and Fred have a really nice chemistry going yep. early on here. Uh, yeah, the, the Rockets, sneaky, fun to watch, and Shangoon is a huge part of that offensively.
0: Yeah, you, you took the answer right from me, because I was going to say Shingun is, is really exciting to watch. I, I was really impressed with how he went up against Jokic and actually won. Not saying he outplayed Jokic, but... No, that,
1: fact, was, that was Jeff Green winning that game, so...
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, he actually was, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Sorry, it's not like I dismissed you, but I actually mean that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I like I want to take another victory lap here, so I'll just say it's your boy, Yo, Scotty Barnes.
1: This guy thinks he's Jay-Z encore I right know no, <laughs> This is like, my victory lap.
0: Yeah. Adam Silver, three thirty. Listen, before the season I, I was really excited to see You know what, you're right him breaking out. I'll give it was to you. all that was happening in preseason and like, you know, this is what's happening for the rest of the season. All like right. even in the game yesterday that was terrible against the Bucks, as Lewis like laid out like yeah. what he was able to do in that terrible of a game. Okay. Really stands out, so. Yeah. No, no, you know. Take Franz, care.
2: where are you at, man? Damn, man. Oh, uh, magic oh. have been good, and France hasn't. France is been that okay. Anymore. Oh god,
1: yeah. he's gonna. W- Blake's gonna do the Magic Raptors recap. We're gonna let him do that by himself. He's six, oh man, he's. they just gonna five, to five, sit man. in the booth
2: by himself, man. Close that six, you guys can go to the to the company <laughs> yeah, <we're> the <laughs> company holiday party that night. I'll, I got Magic up on myself. I'll be here at the office.
1: I'll be at all. Happy twenty fifth to Sportsnet. Adam Silver. Oh, you got TB
2: pregame, man.
1: That's right.
0: Catch your boy on TV. It's your boy.
1: Um, I don't have a league pass player. I haven't used my league pass yet. Um, next what? one, the Nelly. It's getting hot in her award. All right. Um, I know, Blake, you already put Grizzlies for this. Yeah, but I mean, let's, let's, let's see if we can pick another yeah, one here, guys. I've got another one. Which so. team's slow start are you most
2: concerned about? That it's get, getting a little hot in here? Yeah, Blake, go ahead. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Bulls are 4-8 and eight and the, mm. the vibes are bad. We're talking mm. about trades already. Um, I, I know Damar was out for a personal reason yesterday and, and things looked you know, even, even worse there. So, um, I wasn't super high on the bulls anyway, but I think the degree to which this has started poorly and other teams are circling to try to pry their players away, like yeah. they're going to be, they're going to be closer to the bottom than they are to avoiding the plan.
1: Yeah. By the way, I just want to flag that, um uh Uh, I believe Zach Lowe uh, did a pod with Kevin Pelton, and they both said that Zach Levine would be a great
2: fit in Toronto. Yeah, I tweeted some stuff about the numbers. Anybody who can score
0: basketball would be a great fit in Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) This this is my own sanity, sorry. But yeah, go Yeah.
2: Oh, just if anyone's curious how the economics of that would work beyond this year, I tweeted out some numbers. Rough rough thing, you and I sat down with with some roster assumptions and stuff. But uh, yeah, it gets tight unless you're willing to be a tax and probably an apron team.
0: Mm. Yeah, not being an apron team for for Zach Levine. But, I mean, ultimately, he would really help the Raptors' offense. uh, Yeah. As would, like, probably 200 players in the league right now.
1: Yeah. Um, Uh, Willie, anyone else? uh, Like, any other team slow start where you're kind of like, man, might be trouble?
0: L.A. Clippers, man. I know i am probably taking that answer oh. straight from you, but
1: No, like, that's my championship pick, bro. Let's go.
0: Oh man. That was another confessions. So that's <laughs> confessions part three for you. Um, I got Bucks clippers in the finals. <laughs> oh my god. That is not gonna happen.
1: Gary Mello, can we do revised predictions in uh, December, please? I could go
0: in the WordPress and change it for you, man. <laughs> please. I'll, I'll hack our own website. <laughs> please. Um yeah, so yeah, the clippers. I mean like yeah, they're no, already three a, and seven. They haven't won with James Harden. Mm-hmm. They should have a separate column in the. You know how they say like your home record, your away record, yeah. your in conference record. They just have a James Harden <laughs> record You're, on there. Yeah,
1: and your in season record. Yeah. Um. Okay. The next one, the the the, the Lil John Okay Award. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> this represents what's been the funniest because it's so funny. What's been the funniest <laughs> storyline, incident, subplot of the season so far? Blake Murphy.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is this is beyond just the Draymond thing, yeah, yeah. but the theory now that all these bright, intense colors on the court are causing, like, overactive emotions <laughs> yeah. in people. Like, we know, like, bright red <laughs> brings rage out of people. Um, yeah. So uh, just the effect that really strongly colored courts are having on the intensity of games, uh, I don't know if that's scientifically sound, but yeah. a lot of close games that are very, very heated, a lot of bright courts, I'm going to draw a like line that. of causation there. I like that. What about you? What's
1: your OK award? Sorry, I'm a, I do a really bad little job. <laughs> okay. Yeah, thank there go. you. Like, it doesn't sound <laughs> anything like the way you're saying okay. it, man. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, oh, man. <laughs> it sound like Ned Flanders, man. Adam Silver, 330.
0: Yeah, we're, we're almost there, boys. Yeah. We're, we're giving it another 15 minutes here. Yeah. take, uh, take in your real time. time.
1: Take your time with this answer.
0: Yeah, because yeah, all of these are off the dome. I mean, it's got to be Draymond just randomly coming in to <laughs> choke up <out>, Like, <laughs> Rudy Gobert, right? Like, come on. Like, yeah. It's... That came out of nowhere. Like, I mean, it did come uh, out of nowhere in the sense that, like, I get it. They played each other the night before or no. the two games before and, yeah. and Draymond and him have this beef but <laughs> no he ran the full 94 feet <laughs> yo it was crazy man again the funniest thing is it was nil nil like i can't get over that man i've never seen a fight at nil nil in basketball uh, uh, i don't think i will ever again
1: <laughs> last award the usher you remind me award mm-hmm. which former raptor would you like to trade for if you could bring them back
0: Okay, let's just take a out the equation. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we shouldn't, but he's a free agent at the end of the season. Right? Yeah.
0: Uh, so. I'm
2: going to that roster, though, and I think Norman Powell would be a tremendous mm, fit fair. on this team. Uh, he's at 40.7% on threes if you go back mm. as far as the championship season. Uh, he's hit 40% or better on catch-and-shoot threes alone mm. uh, in five consecutive years now, and he has that ability to slash out of the corner that really yeah. OG's the only guy that has a little bit of that on this team. No, obviously, this team could use... Another three point shooter, especially someone who is a, a spot up catch and shoot guy, uh but also that little bit of ability in the new offense to attack a bad closeout, attack a late closeout, and kind of make the next play. I think Norm would be a good fit on this. I team.
1: I want Norm too, man. Gary Trent Jr. for Norm again. Come on, man. Hmm? Has,
0: a, has a player ever been reverse traded for? Each other? Like, <laughs> Why is reverse traded? <laughs> is trade is it so it so a funny? refund trade? It's like no. Man. Ask the commissioner. Yeah. Mm. No, okay, all right. <laughs> Didn't John Wall and Westbrook get traded for each other twice like or something times. like that? <laughs> yeah, it's true, but not to the same team. Not in, in, I guess, in this case, he wasn't traded back to Portland. Yeah. But in any case, um, no, man, I, I honestly, I do feel like maybe this is just sentimental, like value, but yeah. I kind of feel like Kyle would be an amazing backup point guard for the Raptors.
1: Can we right? just let Kyle go to like a winning team, a team that's contending? He's already there. No, but like if you if he's gonna go somewhere else though, I don't
0: want him to come back here. I'm just saying like it, it would help you a want lot to, of our. You
1: want him to come back and be on like a 40 and
0: 42 team? No, sometimes teams. you look at how disorganized the Raptors are Sure. right? Sometimes no, I you're I like, it. okay, you just need a good decision maker out there. But yeah, you know, you're running these lineups that are like yeah. McDaniel's, Chris, yeah. and, and, and Precious. This, this is
2: really usher you remind me like we gotta let that go. No, <laughs> no, man. Kyle's got the best true shooting percentage he's had since 2016, 2017. Oh, well, man. when he
0: shoots the ball five he, times a game, he's he making never... them like three, yeah. maybe. His usage
2: percent is like Patrick McCarthy level
0: now yeah man that's wow. wild to think about no but i just mean like a solid decision a really really smart I get it. genius yeah, decision you, maker you look like usher in the video right now you sound really desperate yeah whoa whoa <laughs> yeah anyway so yeah i don't know man that's tough okay. i'm gonna save that for karaoke put but, it on the list over.
1: by the way can you uh can you guys lock down some skims for us um from Adam Silver. <laughs> oh my God! No, yeah. I'm just making an on-air request.
0: Um, you can ask some yourself. Members, you'll be here. Some members. You have of, a microphone.
1: Some members of the Sportsnet, uh, you know, talent pool have asked for this. So I don't want to air them out, but wow. anyways, what else? These uh, are pretty
0: good awards. Though. I appreciate. I appreciate the creativity. Yeah, cook this, this yeah. up. Uh, what was the Slim Shady award for the most chaotic? Uh,
1: I was gonna. Event? That would have been the no Slim Shady. The real Slim Shady award would have been your favorite Caucasian player in oh. the NBA. So right now, yeah.
0: Who is that for me right now? Peyton Pritchard is, like, really up there for me. I love Peyton Pritchard, bro. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yo. No, what are you wow, doing? Never you know what see... I love about Peyton Pritchard? He's got the fade. You know? uh, he, he's got the fade? Yeah, like, his fade. hair? Yeah, he got a fade. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. about, like, his game. No, anybody Like, he's fading in
2: that second box? If you
0: see any White Hooper with a fade, yeah. they're nice. Oh, it's okay. Period. That, anyway. um, I'm just gonna. yeah, Anyways, like, yeah, he, <laughs> please. I something. mean,
2: I haven't sat down with the list, but off the top of my head, I'll take Kevin Herter over this guy. Has uh, a no, <laughs> This guy's
1: gonna bust out his cock. Yeah. Yeah. He's just Alex go, Caruso. Go
0: let's. Uh, yeah. Oh God.
1: Anyways, Luca. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Fine. Yeah, how do we go fine. to Pritchard right away? Yeah, Yo, oh, Kitch, In my I don't mind, know. he's c- the number c- one. Kind of weird.
2: Kind of weird. Do you just like the like all NBA guys don't count? Do you just have the uh, no, Celtics on
1: your it's mind? My, it's
0: my blog boy. kind of. Yeah, Adam we're Silver. To the tomorrow, 12 tomorrow.
1: minutes. Um wow. The <laughs> Slim Shady. <laughs> I didn't even have this on here. He made me make it up on okay, the spot. Sorry. Okay. Maybe I was just thinking
0: about Slim Shady in general. Okay. Um, Again, if Mike Bass has his TV <laughs> on right now in Adam Silver's <laughs> office, please turn it off, okay? Don't yeah, let him know what's happening.
1: hop on that Zoom link right now. Um, Kid Miro, The Kid Miro, The the Kid Miro and Carmelo Anthony are launching a new podcast uh, called 7 p.m. in Brooklyn. They should have called it Stay Marrow. Oh, yo. Yo, that's hard. Yeah. Hard. Um, which uh, celeb slash media personality plus current or former NBA player would you like to see come together and uh, have a pod? Hmm. Wow, well, you guys really didn't read the rundown today.
0: I, can't. I, I, mean, didn't, like, think I, I didn't think lose. we'd get this wrap far wrap in the lose. segment. I'm like, uh, you
2: know? um, I don't know. This is more a question for you than... <laughs> What is your answer? I so, can't make the questions and answer
1: them. I guess I could. Um, I didn't really think about this either. Sorry, guys. <laughs> All right. So, Action Bronson would be a really nice half.
0: What well, about Will
1: Lou? Well, this, this breaks the NBA player. Why am player. I
0: involved in this,
1: man? Will Lou and Action Bronson. And you can call it seven uh, 2 a.m. on the Elmalfi
0: Coast. We don't have that kind of vibe. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm not chill enough to talk to Action Bronson. You
1: don't think so? No. no. Do you, are you, like, doubting your social skills? I mean, I hope you're ready for the commish.
0: I'm ready for the commish. but uh, <laughs> but think, you're not ready for Bronson. No, I think there's just got to be a level of like unseriousness, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you know, like a lot why of laterals. You look, why thinking. are you looking at me whenever you say unserious? You no, would actually have a great pod with Action Bronson. I'm not even kidding.
1: Yeah, maybe. There's
0: different depths. Yeah. No, there's different depths of this man. looking at it right now. You're wearing a Zara jacket, but you got an original hey, 95 Hey, there's
1: piece. no tag on this. We don't know if it's Zara. Yeah. Um, Things that
0: add character. Yeah, yeah, that's what Zara adds, character. Um, um, and the Raptor sweater and his own hat.
1: Yeah, so, I, I do. And have he got a, a
0: haircut, but he put it underneath a hat so that could, no one can see this haircut. Like you got depth, man. Yo, what? Adam.
1: Adam. Hard trade you two prehistoric hats for one Skims package. Um, Kendrick Perkins of ESPN listed his top five guards in the East. Let's hear your thoughts on this. Number
0: Payton. one, Pritchard. <laughs> number one, <laughs> I want Pritchard. That's dead. No, <laughs> that was my eagle dollar move. Number
1: one, Tyrese Maxey. Number two, Tyrese Halliburton. Number <laughs> okay. three, Tyrese. Uh, no, number three, <laughs> Drew Holiday. Number four, Dejounte Murray, and okay. number five, Jimmy Butler. This is—is is nope. this not a chaotic
2: list? Yeah, it's chaotic and like Wait, the the order, whatever. But like off the top of my head, Donovan Mitchell not being in there is pretty, pretty tough. Yeah,
0: Jalen Brunson not in that list. Yeah,
1: but Maxi
2: is number one. How you guys feel uh, about that?
0: It, not yet. For, for what he's done this season? Yeah. yeah. If it's for what he's done this season, then yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. First also, ten- Dame not on that list. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what's going list? on here? <laughs> I don't did, know. Why didn't did, Jimmy Butler just sneak in there? I don't, did, did, Perk just turn
1: on, did Perk just turn on five league pass games one evening? That's probably five more than he's turned on. Oh, no, no. Wow, um, tough. Yeah, all right, I mean, guys.
0: I mean, you know. It's a list. I yeah. think people can disagree with the list.
1: I don't know, but yeah, this is uh, for arguments. Sake. I have a
2: question for you guys.
0: Mm-hmm. We're going to talk to Adam
2: Silver after the break, and we're going to talk to him about the in-season tournament because yep. that's the you know the topic going on here. The Toronto Raptors are the only team not to play an in-season tournament game yet. Mm. They will play one on Friday when they host the Boston Celtics. Group C, by the way, uh, Celtics are one and zero. Nets are two and one. Bulls and Magic both zero and one. Must so, win. Must uh, win tomorrow. Must win.
0: I'm not even kidding. Like, you, you need to win the group. This is not like in Champions League when you can sneak in as the second team.
1: I don't know what that no. means. Yeah.
0: yeah, you need to win the group. So, yeah. if you don't beat the Celtics, who are unlikely to lose to the other teams, yeah. you know, you might, yeah. it might be grand opening, grand closing. Yeah, I think, you know what you <laughs> mean?
2: likely have to go three and one with probably some tiebreaker yeah. luck. Yeah. Or, right. I guess, head to head would be the first tiebreaker. So, three and one and beat the team that, uh, but four and oh is going to be your easiest way in there. And the Raptors get like four,
1: all like all four of their
2: games in the next 12 days right yes because like it, the in-season end-season. tournament opening round ends at the end of november i believe, <laughs> <laughs> I believe december 2nd so to uh, closing.
1: the raptors are like the last person invited to a wedding like they're just like, <laughs> yeah oh, but they're gonna I, be I, on the I've dance there, floor till last the marks, call <laughs>
2: they're gonna be in vegas in the uh, the semis and <laughs> once, the actual finals. once again the heat can't go to vegas during mid-season like they're not allowed
1: yeah, because they're the hardest working team. They have to stay home. So yeah, Miami so the Raptors
2: have it. this Friday hosting the Celtics. Nice Tuesday at Orlando. Next Friday back here hosting the Bulls, and then uh, Tuesday, November twenty eighth at the Nets. Guys, I can season tournaments. Guys, I, I
1: smell a four and o, man. I'm thinking four and o. You're catching yeah. the
2: Bulls at the right time. The Magic are beatable, even though yeah, the you Nets know, the high. Nets are mid. The big question is the Celtics, and it sounded like from practice today that we're not expecting OG Ananobi back. But Gary's back. Maybe. Probably. Potentially. Potentially. This, that, is, yeah. this, is, yeah. this is difficult. No official injury report yet, yeah. but um, it, it sounded
0: like OG will be doubtful and Gary will be probable. Yeah. I'm
2: officially picking the wraps to go Here's 4-0.
0: You guys aren't, like, you know, big uh, football fans or whatever. Like, this is actually <laughs> the feeling. You lose basketball. one of these games, you're kind of done.
1: No, I, I understand. That's why I'm saying tomorrow's yeah. a must win.
0: Yeah. Like, I need Dar- Darko to
1: shorten the rotation. Mm-hmm. like let's let's get this done like I'm actually into the in-season tournament now. I'm in
0: oh yeah no it, it's Go it's ahead. exciting for sure I think people got to adapt and, and adjust to the whole thing I think part, what's gonna be interesting too is great idea by Silverman. okay we don't gotta put yeah. him up he's already coming on the show yeah. uh, unless he heard the last three uh, segments but um you know for me it's like they're gonna be playing a, a really meaningful game in a neutral site and I wonder if fans will travel yeah you know what i mean like i think the fact that it's vegas yes so fans will travel to vegas and they'll split them like because that's what they do and again european soccer, like this is yeah. what, what happened well listen we're also, not t- just european soccer. this will happen across all no, soccer,
1: but what but I'm, I'm saying but, is like think yeah. about like if minnesota makes it from the west yeah. and then like orlando makes it from the east why like, do we always
0: pick random teams no but these the are two
1: here? starving fan bases for like winning uh, you okay, tell me okay. these diehard. like i know blake will be there to watch the yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, courtside. I'd be there. Look, Vegas is also the unofficial home of the G League. You, you just stick around for uh, Ignite practice. The G League showcase yeah. is not long after that. I, I oh, do actually think, got by, by the way. They
0: lost about yeah. like 60, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they're, they're not a great version of the Ignite just yet. G League, another um, wonderful idea by the NBA. I do think uh, that it could become, if if nothing else if this is uh, like the unofficial start of trade season because all the GMs get together and it's a couple oh. days before trades open up on December 15th, I wonder if they alter yeah. the schedule eventually where it's kind of like an in-season like GM that. meetings as mm. well. I'm not sure, like but I'm that. excited to see what they do with the neutral side. And I think we should take a break and ask
0: Adam Silver about it. That's right. We're going to take that last break. I've been your host, Will Lou. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. When we come back, the moment we've been teasing all hour and a half, Adam Silver.
1: Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome back to the Raptors Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. I'm joined by my co-host Blake Murphy, and we are joined on the line by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, who really needs no introduction. Adam, uh, thanks for taking the time.
4: Absolutely good to see you guys
0: Yeah, good to see you as well. Um, we didn't plan to ask you this originally But obviously this is very topical Draymond Green got suspended uh, The it was five games by the league um, Can you take us through the league's decision-making process uh, with reaching that ultimate verdict?
4: Yeah, I'll just do it in short because Joe Dumars overseas discipline and he's he's spoken about it um, you know, it's obviously the conduct we saw in that instance, from Draymond is unacceptable. He knows that. The team knows that. And we do take into a pa- into account past conduct when we look at discipline. And that's how we arrived at five games.
2: So that means Draymond's going to miss a, a handful of time here, including, I believe, some in-season tournament action as well. So we'll pivot there. Um, we are a little bit into the in-season tournament now. We haven't experienced it yet in Toronto. The, the Raptors have their first one on Friday. Um, what have the early returns looked like for you guys from uh, a ratings perspective, from a general response perspective?
4: Yeah, sure. The the early returns have been pretty positive. Um, from a rating standpoint, um, we were up over 100% actually off the weekend um, from past, last year and the second Uh, weekend we were up um, over 50 percent from the prior year so that's been really positive and attendance has been up as well but most importantly the players are really into it and the coaches and the teams have been very engaged and excited about it And, and that's what's most important I think that's what will ultimately translate into the most interest from the fans.
2: We've certainly seen uh, some interesting courts, some interesting new jerseys. Um, What have you liked or disliked about those? And what does the league have planned in that regard for these neutral site semi and finals games down in Vegas?
4: Well, so I'm a fan of the courts. Um, I'm enjoying all the banter about them. (laughs) Clearly some may need a little bit of tweaking (laughs) next season, but the, the, the notion was in having those different and colorful courts that with all the different programs on television and many games over the course of the season, that when people were flipping channels, they would see those games and they would realize instantly that something different was happening there. And frankly, even for the players, we thought the visual, to make the visual imagery different, whether it's the, the courts or the uniforms, that they would get up for those games and that they would know there's something special. And from that standpoint, it's been effective, and it's our same plan for the the neutral site games in las vegas that's that's our in essence our final four that will be using special in-season tournament courts as well
0: right and so when you look back on this after the year one of this launch um what will constitute success for you uh for the in-season tournament in year one and also
4: long term well of, of course ratings and attendance matter to us but and the early indications are very positive there but most importantly I think it will be the engagement that we see from our teams. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, early indications are very positive, but, and, and I've said before that it's gonna take a while to establish a, a, a tradition that's lasting, and we're not expecting this to be the equivalent of winning the Larry O'Brien trophy. But I think if coming out of this first season that the, there was a lot of excitement around winning this new NBA cup, that the teams play hard and it's, and it's competitive, that, that's what we'll look to see, and and, and, and those are, that's the most important indicator at the end of the day is how competitive the games will be. Yeah,
0: well, I think that's a great sign right now of how competitive these games have been so far. Um, you are seeing players respond to it, which is, uh, I'm, I'm sure this is exactly what you guys have wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to shift over to expansion. Um, you know, you had mentioned Vancouver, Mexico City, and Montreal as possible expansion cities, uh, in addition, obviously, to many uh, U.S. cities as well. Um, from the Canadian side, obviously, we're really curious to see how the league views the viability of Vancouver
4: and Montreal specifically? Well, what what I think I said, I was talking about um, cities that have expressed interest in having an NBA franchise. There there are no active expansion discussions going on at the league right now. And, and, And what I also said in that interview was that the Raptors have done a great job becoming Canada's team. Of course, we used to have a team in Vancouver, but... Once they left the market, I think the Raptors really stepped up, and it's amazing what's happened in terms of NBA basketball over the course of the existence of that franchise to the point now where, outside of the United States, the the largest number of players come from Canada. You know, I I think it's 26 right now, Canadian players, in the NBA. So I think that's part of a a great indicator of how much fan interest has, has grown and developed since the Raptors came to Canada. Having said that, and, and this is what I was referencing the other night, we have heard from other markets, including Vancouver and, and Montreal, about their desire to have a team. I think at some point the league will turn back to expansion, but it's not an active discussion we're having right now.
0: Can I ask you just about the nature of sort of those approaches from Vancouver and Montreal? Like, are their ownership situations sort of ready to go and, and, and making this push, or are there more sort of cursory conversations at this point?
4: They're cursory largely because the league has told interested groups, whether in Vancouver or Montreal or any city for that matter, that we're not ready to engage okay. right now. So um, other than letters I've received, occasional calls, um, you know, uh, public officials you know, in various cities, um, we've studiously avoided taking that next step because we wanted to be fair to everyone involved. And at the point where we're ready to address expansion we want to have a, a fair and open process so that any, anybody who is, in, in, is interested has the opportunity to apply and, and understands the rules of the road.
2: Adam, at the risk of undercutting the Vancouver and Montreal cases that that we would like to see here. Um, And this doesn't have to be expansion-related. This can be about the viability of the market uh, for TV growth as well. But you guys recently had an NBA game in Mexico City. Uh, The Capitanes obviously play there in the G League. How has the NBA's step into the Mexico City uh, and larger Mexican market gone?
4: That's gone extraordinarily well. Um, Also, I mean, we've played more games in Mexico City uh, and in Mexico than any country outside of the United States and Canada. I think it was something like our 32nd um, game in in Mexico. Um, That was a regular season game you're referencing from last week. I was there, uh, sold out arena, tremendous interest. You, You referenced also that we have a G League team down in Mexico City. One of the things I said when I was down there is that we're certainly not ready to bring an NBA team to Mexico City presently but that our G League is growing. And I see an opportunity potentially to have more G League teams in Mexico and in Latin America for that matter is to continue to create interest. And we also have an NBA Academy in Mexico City recognizing that developing um, young players in Mexico, ultimately for the NBA and the WNBA would have a huge impact on fan interest. But so far, um, you know, millions of fans down in Mexico and Latin America and, and they love their basketball there as well.
2: Speaks my language as a G League guy, uh, so that's, that's good to hear. Um, Adam, this is a, a bit of a different uh, tone in this question, but uh, I know Charles Barkley brought it up with you recently and began this conversation about um, intimate partner violence or domestic violence at the national level, and that continues to be a story as Miles Bridges is set to return uh, for the Hornets, on friday i know he did a media availability earlier today um now i know there are like legal components to this as well and process components but how do you guys as a league try to manage the message that maybe bridge is coming back while something else is still being investigated fully Um, the message that that can send to to other players to fans um and you know the the lack of a Consistent um, standard for penalties in these cases, I, I imagine, has been a difficulty for you guys in the union. But but how do you manage that, especially at a time where Bridges is coming back here?
4: Sure, a few things. Uh, you know, from my standpoint, I believe we have been consistent in that we're applying the same principles to every case. I mean, no fat, fact pattern is exactly alike. And I think that everybody's entitled to due process and a a fair system, regardless of whether they're in a union or not. In this case, these players are represented by a strong union, and that's a collectively bargain process. But unless you're intimately into the facts of each case, um, you have to understand that the result is based on, you know, going an investigation and a very deep understanding, at least the best we're in a position to, to do so, to understand exactly what happened. And in terms of New allegations. Just put yourself in that player's shoes, or anybody who, in which there's an allegation. I think everybody's entitled to due process, and um, and everybody's in, entitled to a fair hearing. So, to the extent there's other things that we're looking at, we that, that's an independent investigation, and until there are findings there, it would be unfair to punish um, a player or anyone under those circumstances. It's you know we believe in the rule of law in this league, and we believe in, in due process.
0: Does the league feel in this case that there is I mean, due process uh, is something that should be afforded to everybody, for sure. Um, but I think part of that is also contrition, and part of that is sort of changes in behavior. In this case, is uh, you know, do you, as the league, do they see that from, instances like Miles Bridges, for
3: example?
4: Well, yes, um, in deciding on any appropriate discipline. Um, contrition, you know, the player's reaction to the incidents, of course, is important. But once again, I, I don't want to prejudge any other allegations that have been made against him. That's why there are investigations. That's why there is a process in place. For sure. For sure.
0: Um, on a different subject, um, I wanted to ask you, what is the league stance on protests in and around NBA games? Because, you know, we've seen that, uh, you have uh, the benefit of a really active and really engaged, um, player base that's willing to share their platform and and extend them towards different causes how is the league sort of ensuring that players are supported when they choose to use their platforms to support the causes that they feel passionate about
4: one of the ways we can ensure the leagues that the players are supported is to talk directly to them about it and for me to express support for players who use their platform to talk about issues that are important to them and and there's a long track record you know in proceeds certainly me as commissioner in which players have used um, their voices to speak out important issues. We do talk to them about parameters for that type of speech or activity more along the lines of being respectful, not content restrictions, but well, I, I should say content restrictions if it came to hate speech, but that's generally not where we are. It's just time, place and manner restrictions, you know what should happen on the court for example, as opposed to what a player may choose to do at a press conference or on social media. And I think we've worked really well with our players and the Players Association on finding those standards. Occasionally, there are issues that, again, similar to the last question you asked me, these become very fact-specific. But I think we've worked through it in a very successful way. And I think that uh, NBA players have deservedly um, strong reputations for um, being important change makers in society.
0: Right, Okay. Listen, uh, we, we know your time is valuable, and we only have a few more minutes here, so we want to close with uh, some rapid-fire topics. Something lighter, for <laughs> specifically. Yeah, well, listen, <laughs> it, sure. it doesn't have to be light, but I think it's important yeah. in this case, too. I mean, um, you're just going to
2: pivot from, you know, protest the skims here a little bit, so I thought I should preface it that the tone is changing a little bit.
0: We will be building comes, up to skims. comes an underwear question.
2: All
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> no, not right away, at least. Um, so we talked about the in-season tournament, and you've credited European soccer as some of the inspiration – uh, behind the in-season tournament, um, and obviously we see the similarities uh, in a sense to Champions League. Do you have a European soccer club? Like, are you are you, are you do you allow yourself to be a fan in, in a different league?
4: Um, yeah, I do allow myself to be a fan in, in, of teams. Uh, I, I grew up as a Yankee fan in New York, for okay. example. Um, in in English soccer, um, the Cronky family are the majority owners of Arsenal. They, of uh. course, they're the principal owners of the Denver Nuggets. So I've been to several Arsenal games over the years, and I'm a fan of that organization, you know, just the, the way that the traditions around that team, but, you know, I, I've, I've been to um, FC Barcelona games, Real Madrid games over the years, so I'm, I'm generally a fan of, of how those leagues are operated, and how and and the deep traditions and fandoms that those clubs have developed.
0: Alright, put down on the headline. Adam <laughs> Silver is a gooner. This is great. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about this, too, because it happens, I think, with uh, a lot of NBA players and even others around the, the league, but do you have a burner account? Do not obviously expose what that account is, but do you have a burner account just to keep track of like, you know, what's being said generally across social media?
4: So the, the only account that I post any content on is an Instagram account that anyone can look up. It's at Adam silver NBA. Okay. It's a great plug. It's yeah. A great, it's a great it's also a silver great way to, way to not Adam entirely silver.
2: answer the question. Cause he just said, that's the only one he posts from. So He's you know, clever yeah. line, I think. there's some legalese there.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I guess the the last one, like I, you wanted to ask the Skims partnership. So please go no, ahead. That was, <laughs> you. that was your no, no, note
2: no. in there. Uh, I guess, um, you know, the reaction to that has obviously been uh, a, a little bit fun, but also there's a large uh, woman fan base and Skims is not necessarily just for women as well. Um, how, how fun has that been for, for you to put together? And do you, can we actually use the product? Like, is there a hookup here?
4: So, so, absolutely. So, the place where the NBA got involved is, is Kim Kardashian created a new Skims line mm. for men, and it began with underwear, and they're, they're now moving into what I would have called pajamas, but I think they call <laughs> leisure wear, mm. and it's been a big hit so far. It it's has. attracted enormous attention. Kim Kardashian's good at what she does, <laughs> and as I previously said, um, I can attest that it's, the product is excellent. <laughs> all right, we got to get some, <laughs> quite, get some up review. in Canada here.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, Commissioner, <laughs> we, we've taken up a lot of your time, so we appreciate you uh, being open and transparent uh, with what we had to ask you. And, um, yeah, we'll hope to see you back in Toronto sometime. When was the last time you were in Toronto, by the way?
4: Last time I was in Toronto was late last season. Oh, okay. I was all up right. there for a game I, with uh, Larry Tannenbaum and Masai Ujiri. I went to the game with them. You got, you got a great organization there. Right, yeah.
2: okay. Well, maybe we'll see you in Vegas for the in-season tournament finals. We'll see how that goes starting Friday, too. All right.
4: there you go. I'll be there. All right, thank you, Adam. Yep, thanks, guys.
0: All right, that was uh, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. I'm not going to lie. I was never more nervous about an interview than this one. Really? <laughs> yeah.
2: That's, uh. yeah, It it is what it is. It's the commissioner of the sport. Like, it doesn't, there the isn't a, a higher, like, certainly there are probably some former players or even current players that that would give some nerves, but... Um, like I think the last time I ran into that situation on the basketball side was like running into Steve Nash in like a non-media setting even, mm, um, okay. and I was like, "Oh man, I'm, I've interviewed lots of basketball players, but not Steve Nash, so I get it."
0: Yeah. Um, well, while we wait to 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 get Alex's mic, uh, I'm back, boys. Oh, there we go. Yeah, sorry, we don't have to get that follow up. Skimmy question, Butler right? over here.
2: Great,
1: great interview, uh, Mike Bass. I'll be following up with you personally um, for for the skims but yeah it was cool man how'd you guys feel about speaking with the commission I know you guys were just chatting about the nerves
0: yeah I mean look listen um we knew about the the fact that this interview was on the table um, yeah. earlier this week so you know we've spent a lot of time just thinking about the questions mm-hmm. trying to phrase them correctly goodbye
1: to everyone who's turning it off now uh,
0: that's fine man that's <laughs> fine it's fine we got uh, eight more minutes we got yet. Louis
1: Zatzman again coming up
0: oh. I know, um I, I wish honestly Louis Louis killed it but um yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure that we had hit on, obviously, the subjects that were um, really topical for sure here in the local market in terms yeah. of the expansion. And so it is, I guess, to me, it was a little disappointing hearing that, I guess, there's not that much actual progress. It's just sort right. of like... It's just interest. It's just, there's coming. a line. There's a, there's a yeah. queue, you know what I mean? There's a queue outside, and I guess some Canadian cities are in that queue.
2: So l- yeah. let me yeah. ask you guys your opinion on this. So obviously, we would all like, for Canada, to have another team. Sure. Um, you know, the mm-hmm. Vancouver market has some challenges, but it was done kind of dirty the first time around. Montreal yeah. has always been uh, a very basketball-hungry market. Mm-hmm. Those things would be great. It, it has sounded like for a long time, whether anyone from the league will say this or it's just reports and insiders, yeah. Seattle and Vegas would probably be yes. the next two up. Seattle was done as dirty as anyone, and Vegas is obviously pouring a lot of publicly funded money into making sure you can steal teams from Oakland and uh, other places sure. Um, so maybe, the
0: NBA is also really moving into the Vegas market in a really loud yeah, I way. I mean,
2: G league showcase. It, it's kind of the home of the WNBA as well. Summer league. Yeah. Now the in season tournament there. Um, so it's a big thing. Um, so let's say it's Seattle and Vegas next, mm-hmm. but there's room for more. Mm-hmm. There is a player pool that expands beyond, you know, 15 guys per team. Maybe I think you could bring back some, some Euro league guys and promote some G leaguers mm-hmm. and not dilute the talent pool too much. Um, but at what point would you think the, there's too much expansion? Like, like with 34 or 36?
1: Yeah, I think 32 is kind of where I would kind of draw it. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I just feel like at some point it is going to dilute the product.
0: I mean, putting aside the Raptors, okay, because we had a whole different <laughs> conversation about them in the first hour. But when I watch other teams, I do look at them. I'm like, there are lots and lots of talent here that don't even necessarily get the chance to even play. I know, but it's good how that is right like you wanted to keep it. Available. No, it should thing be this way. Be, okay. right. yeah. I think the thing you'd have to,
2: you know, CBA legislate around is like the larger the league is, the more damaging. And I don't mean damaging in terms of an overall league interest, but in terms of talent distribution. Um, like big three or super team situations are because yeah. then there are mm-hmm. there are extra teams who are have nots, sure. and yeah. maybe look like the Detroit Pistons right now or something like that. And, yeah, if
1: you um, if you get to a point where it's like like you mentioned, like like thirty six teams or whatever, right? then I want to see, like, a relegation format or something. Because then there's enough teams where you can put, like, eight but where teams. But what do they into... relegate to? Like, the G League? No, they play in their little, like, eight-team league <laughs> to, like, move up. Oh. Like, the eight worst teams. And then there's mechanisms for, like, getting the draft lottery in place and all this so stuff. That see, I... if you don't want that, then we should keep it to 32 I teams. I love a re- relegation 30, idea. 32. But,
2: like, the economics of TV deals and market sizes. like, like, what if the Lakers yeah. came last?
1: Then I don't. It then I. Hurt then the I don't want more than thirty-two teams. Yeah.
2: Like then I don't want more than thirty-two teams.
0: One thing that was interesting too, because I was thinking about the expansion idea, is like, do you think the Raptors would step in? To try to. Do you think the Raptors will support, for example, another team coming to the NBA? Because it really does take away from the market share.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are things called territorial rights in franchise agreements. Yeah, and you can't but like, you can't claim the whole country. Right. Like, that's usually like 200 kilometers. You can't kilometers claim the whole country. This um, is like a Leafs thing, too, I, right? Like yeah, Leafs. it's a Leafs thing where there's yeah. the reason there's not a second team in Toronto. I think yeah. the Sabres also have territorial rights that expand this far. Okay. Uh, I remember when the Expos and Jays were both going on, I believe that some concessions had to be made mm. um, because even the Toronto mm. Montreal. now. I doubt Vancouver would qualify for that. It is on the other side of the country. It used to have an NBA team. I don't know if the territorial rights in the, the Raptors franchise agreement says all of Canada yeah. or if it's a, it's a standard geographic principle. Um, but, yeah, that, that would be something they'd, they'd have to look at.
1: Mm. Yeah, I just want to flag, too, you know, I was listening to that interview. Um, so Adam, Adam said he a Yankees fan. Um, yeah. He an Arsenal fan. Yeah, He's an Arsenal fan because of ownership.
0: I love that. Yo, that he's like my uh, you know favorite what? owner of the club. That, that is the most commissioner thing possible to say. Yeah, he's Barcelona. like my co-worker is <laughs> an Arsenal fan. Therefore, I am an Arsenal fan.
1: Barcelona,
0: Real Madrid. He it's def- like you becoming a Liverpool fan because we're on the show together. That's nuts.
1: He's definitely a Dallas Cowboys fan too. <laughs> he's
2: yeah. got he's got all the big franchises yeah. covered. Okay. Alabama, yeah, Georgia, Alabama. whichever one's wow. good that year. Duke and UNC <laughs> in the Twitter handle. This well, one, we know
0: he's a Duke fan for sure. He yeah. want to Duke.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's we right. We got to look for the, the Twitter handle though that has like, like duke gunner um yankee (laughs) we
1: also we Uh, we, we're not gonna do this to adam okay Derek. but the best drop from that would be kim k is good at what she does yeah yeah, that's a good drop that's a good
0: one Uh, um you know what here's the thing so we had other um rapid fire questions but uh Alex, you wrote live time in the chat. Probably only get one more, so just. Uh, I didn't write that.
2: I wrote that because we were oh. pushing up on fifteen. Brother, I was just, oh, you, I, I you, was you had you. a bunch of rapid fire questions ready to go, and I was just like trying to give you a mind full of time. Oh, Brother, you you got you got How do you not know
1: this? Bad. It's Thursday. I don't bring my laptop.
0: You're right. Actually, um, wow, um, this is, I um, thought you analog. might have done it on your phone. But. No, I'm analog. Okay, wow, I okay. so I, I did cut some of those. Okay. Um, By but,
1: the way, before you do that, I'll let you do that. Okay. I, 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 I want to make sure we don't forget. Just a huge shout out to Danielle. Yes. Um, you know, here at SportsNet uh for coordinating all of this, yeah, this with Adam.
0: You're trying to say that this was none of our dude. uh
1: none of mine. Um uh, because you guys are talent, so you guys are great. Okay. But it's like Danielle, you know, worked um to to make sure this happened. And obviously I know it's a huge kind of booking for the show. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure we oh, yeah. on air right. shouted him out. And Danielle's if you're in the office tomorrow. We're handing out a chain just like Darko does. But back to you with your questions.
0: Okay, well, wait to swell the surprise. But oh, yeah, <laughs> surprise, Danielli. <laughs> okay, all right. But be in the office tomorrow about 2 p.m., please. Um, so these are some of the questions I left on the cutting room floor, I suppose, mm. um, because of the fact that I thought that we were, we were pressed yeah, for time. So you want me to be the commish? Yeah, you, you, could, be the, you could be Adam Silver in this This case, is the chain, you, by way, too, the way, too, if you're watching. Show chain. Okay, there's no surprise at all left. Okay, yeah. great. That was fifty bucks, by the way. Forty-four uh, ninety-nine. Uh, Don't scam. Don't uh, scam the expense report. Yeah. No, after tax is actually fifty. Adam yeah. Silver
1: was on at three thirty. Yes. Um, okay. okay. So
0: these are the questions I I cut. Um, yeah, you
1: have ninety seconds.
0: What's the most random memory that sticks out to you about being inside the bubble? For Adam? Yeah. Um. I, I want him to be like, oh, I saw Chris Middleton. Uh, you know, just doing yoga <laughs> he beside uh, uh, Miles Bridges. He would have
1: pulled like, when I asked Delano Banton his favorite memory about the championship. He would have been like oh. the bubble.
0: I think the, he, I think he would have said that, uh something he would have wished to forget. Um, I also asked, how close are we to a USA versus World All Star Game format, and would the players go for that? They've never done that, huh? They've never done it. For and some I reason, think I would thought be, they It's the number did. one thing I'm looking forward to an All Star Weekend now. That would, I would love. To I say. actually
1: think that would get
2: competitive. Is the thing? Yeah. What place did USA come in in the World Cup again? uh
1: Oh oh oh! Wow. This guy said, uh, the I do champions like, of what? I do like right. how we shouted out, uh, you know, Adam, bigging him up for the G League and other things, and then he was like, you know, shouts to the Raptors organization. You know, he said it's
0: a great, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great book <laughs> in, in, in the words of Adam. He's like, it's a great organization. Yeah. yeah what yeah. about the half court offense? Uh, yeah, we didn't get on, to, to ask Adam about uh, the Raptors half court offense. Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you not ex- are you not accepting
2: expansion uh overtures <laughs> right now because yeah. the, the talent <laughs> the offensive talent
0: looks too poor? Also, guys, it's 355 almost, so let's wrap. Uh, and then the very last thing was I can't believe I cut this for myself. Are you aware of the get ready to learn Chinese buddy meme? Yeah. I can't believe I cut that. Well, I'm really, so sorry. We that one. really missed an
1: opportunity yeah. on that man.
0: Anyway, that does it for us today. I've been your host, Willow. You've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.